Welcome to Art Heroes with JPH, where we believe art can heal, connect, and galvanize. I'm your host, Joanna Patrice Haggerty. On this, I am honored to have some of the nation's most innovative leaders, artists, and creative business owners to share their unique and valuable experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. Today with me is Tom Boots, who is an organizational development consultant and executive coach. He brings more than 25 years of experience working with small and large businesses, nonprofits, and the federal government. He earned a MA degree in human development from the University of Kansas with an emphasis in organizational behavior management. He also spends time creating music, painting, and exploring the outdoors. Tom designs, implements, and measures organizational performance initiatives, including leadership development, strategic planning, diversity, equity, and inclusion, succession management, and more. I brought Tom on today to talk about his work as a creative and consultant in the workforce development sector. But first, Tom, thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Joanna. And I had warned you before, but I don't know if the audience can hear. We've got a little bit of construction happening at my neighbor's house. So, you know, it may just be a part of the show today. <laughs> Sounds fine, exploring the outdoors in a new way. Exactly. Well, you know, I've known you for years. We've crossed paths in the Asheville, North Carolina workforce sector and scene. But the first question I always love to ask of first-time guests is, what was life like for young Tom? And the question really is centered around where was your creativity and how is the work you do now? How was it instilled in you as a young child? Thank you very much for that. So yeah, no big question, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely sends my, my mind, my uh, kind of visual memory into overdrive in a really good way. And uh, when I, I was 10 years old, we moved to Isfahan, Iran, wow. uh, back when we were friends with Iran. My father taught the Iranian military how to fly Bell helicopters, and uh, I moved over there among some of the first teenagers to get to Iran. My brother and sister were older, so they were teens. I was only 10, as I said. And uh, so it was a, a moment of, you know, huge transformation uh, in terms of changing everything that you think about life. And at, at that time, you know, I Iran was uh, modernizing, but in many ways, what had an ancient culture and many ways of life that had been going on for centuries. So mm -hmm. being exposed to that culture uh, a lot of beautiful things, a lot of very gracious things in terms of how people welcomed you into their homes with fruits and nuts and tea, uh, but also being part of the revolution over there. Uh, you know, when I say part of it, I was a bystander, but sure. <laughs> I street and I was watching the revolution happen. And But in the midst of all this, I learned how to paint miniature paintings uh, in the Shah's Square in Isfahan, the, the capital of Persia used to be in Isfahan before it moved to Tehran. And so there was this huge square with a bazaar on one end and uh, a palace and several mosques. And I sat in this shop with an Iranian miniature artist who was one of the leading artists. My father had bought paintings from him. And I said, I'm interested in learning <laughs> paint. And he was 
open enough to believe in me uh, and also just, you know, support my father who has supported him. So that opened me up to painting and, uh, and as well as, as a business because <laughs> this man with this shop and to seeing people from around the world come into that shop. Mm, I love that creative entrepreneurialism is sort of like baked into your really early experiences in life. And I find people who have those earlier experiences are able to see entrepreneurialism a little bit differently. So, so I'm curious, I mean, how did that evolution go from this young kid learning to paint in the squares of Iran? I mean, this sounds amazing. How did you decide to get into school for human development? What, what was that time between like for you? So, you know, some, some of this was related to also my father's later progression. He began a company called Computer Training Systems when we moved back to the United States. And in that company, we taught people how to fly helicopters and airplanes online. This was not wow. light checks, but it was, and it was one of the first computer yeah, in the United States. It was back in the 1980s. Wow. And so... I, you know, that was another exposure to uh, entrepreneurialism, but also to learning and training and development. And so I realized that I liked that world of developing folks. But what happened in that process, too, was that I thought, okay, I like training and I still do training to this point. But I wanted to learn more about how people behave in organizations after having lived not only in Iran, but we lived in many, many different places as we traveled around with my dad being in aviation and then in business. And I, I realized how curious I was about psychology and sociology and the way that people come together in societies and organizations and what drives them to behave how they do, uh, not just to learn, but then to put that learning into action. And so I wanted to learn more about that. And that's what drove me into graduate degree in, you know, in human development, but specifically in that organizational behavior management field. I love that. I think that must be where you and I have really always had this relating piece, right? I went into school for human development and psychology and sociology and sort of segued into business, you know, and I had a little experience with my grandfather running his own business, although it wasn't really talked about. Right. We didn't have this big discussion of this is what being an entrepreneur was. It was sort of more just this passive experience for me. But I love that we have the shared concept of using psychology. And so I want to kind of unpack that. Right. You have worked with so many different types of businesses. First, I'd love for you to explain a little bit to the audience listening. What are some of those people you've worked with? Right. Let's unpack that. And then let's talk about the commonalities that you're seeing in business that we can say it doesn't matter if you're a huge federal group or if you're a very small startup. We're seeing the same types of consistent psychological challenges. Yes, that's uh, that's that's really true. And, you know, they're just like if you think about people that, you know, in your family, outside your family, people you work with, whatever. Of course, every person is unique. All of <laughs> our backgrounds, our traumas, our hopes, our dreams, it comes together in this beautiful, unique package. But there are also these commonalities. In fact, the, what I just mentioned, that we all have 
struggles, challenges, small or large traumas we've experienced, and uh, dreams and hopes. And we all want to love and be loved. And we all want to kind of explore ourselves and be the most, find the most authentic self we can be mm-hmm. and try to have that be recognized in the world. So, you know, when I, when I think about that question you just asked, like, who comes to mind for me? Well, one of the people, you know, one of the places we first met was through Asheville Percussion Festival. Mm-hmm. And River Gagarian is the artistic director and founder of that organization and of the festival itself. And so he began bringing world-renowned musicians to Asheville to perform in this festival, but also to compose music throughout the week and create these new pieces that would be uh, debuted on stage in Asheville every year. Amazing experience. Truly. I went to it one year when I first moved into Asheville, actually. The, the very week that I moved into Asheville, they were just beginning that process of composing music, and I got to watch them do it. And being this, you know, really amateur musician myself and loving to compose music, I was like, I've got to see how these, you know, world-class pros do it. <laughs> awesome. And then River was just so wonderful at orchestrating, you know, both figuratively and literally the event and the the music. And watching him do that and seeing how wonderful that event was, I, you know, I talked to him afterward and said, you know, I want to I want to be involved if, uh, in some way if I can. Uh, you know, let me at least come to classes and learn from you. So I came to classes and learned from him. And then he asked me, now, what do you do? <laughs> you know, and I told him and he said, well, you know, let, let's work together. So I, I worked with him and helped develop that into more of a business because it was an art love kind of project for him. I mean, he didn't care. It cost him money to produce. Right. And but he was going to do it. And I, I didn't want that to be a struggle for him. And so he and then uh, a woman named Rima Sinisvet and I really worked together with another great singer, Liz Wright, who was part of that at the time. And we, we transformed that into more of an operating business with that integrity of the art, though. And mm. that's always key to me, is I don't care if it's art or it's some other passion you have. It could be you have a passion for coding computers. You have a passion for building a beautiful home. Then that I want... For, to try to help people develop that passion and align it with business principles and with what the world is wanting from you, how to kind of find that sweet spot of the Venn diagram. Mm. So that brings to mind WSM Craft, who I've worked with a bit here in, in the Asheville area. They build custom homes, uh, award-winning, beautiful places. And uh, Smith, who is uh, the... Uh, designer and founder of that organization, uh, you know, talking with him, seeing what passion he brought, and then just trying to help them uh, align their business processes a bit. Uh, That, you know, that's, again, where that same similarity of trying to find that, trying to find what the passions are, where any gaps are that we need to fill with other people or training or 
uh, just realignment or partnerships and putting those in place so that the person can do best and what they really love and then line that up with what the world is, you know, kind of embracing about it. Yeah. Wow. I just feel like there was so much rich goodness in there and really particularly loved the idea of operating business with the integrity of arts intact, because that is so much what I believe. And a lot of times people sort of say, oh, gosh, organizational management or admin or the operation side of business is so rigid and so strict. And can you just speak to the fact that it isn't everything you just said is aligning each individual's unique needs with the greater good. And so, yes, there's frameworks and systems, but it comes with that very organic way of how do we blend all of these things together to create the perfect business? Because there really isn't a one-size-fits-all answer. (laughs) No, no. And, And when I think about different organizations I've, for instance, conducted strategic planning with, every one of those I have customized the process to fit not just the business, but the person. And we talk about here's, you know, yeah, sure. I have this toolkit. And so, but just like you have a toolkit to do anything around your house, or if you think about landscaping and you have shovels and you have hose and all that, and you go outside and you say, okay, well, in this particular case, Um, You know, I need these tools, but you know what? There's something unique about this Mm. situation. And you get down there on your hands and knees and you use your hands to do something that there's no tool for. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, the, yeah, I I just totally agree with you that it's not at all a rigid approach for me because, uh, and part of this is I love change. uh, And that's kind of strange for (laughs) Most people don't like change. I, I really feel like that helps me continue to learn and grow. And if I continue to do things, uh, approach something as a brand new, you know, and uh, sometimes in uh, Buddhism and, uh, you know, I, I don't happen to be a practicing Buddhist, but I do find a lot of wisdom and a lot of the approaches of yeah. the practice of Buddhism. And, you know, one of the things is that learning mind, that fresh child's mind uh and if we do things the same way every time we don't we don't have that we're dependent upon uh you know a past state of affairs and things are changing all the time the world is new every day yeah especially over the last couple of years and it makes me think of again in the psychological sense that's one of the ways they talk about the term growth mindset right that if you're mm-hmm. really in this concept that you're willing to overcome because let's face it by nature Life is going to fall apart. Chaos is going to come in. Things are going to happen. That's the end. Are you going to expect every quote unquote failure, which failure is a word to unpack, right? There's a lot to that term, but you know, every failure isn't you being unworthy of the success you're walking towards, right? So really understanding what is that long-term goal? What are those values that I have, right? When we, when I talk about business and I do business coaching, we start a lot with that vision, and really understanding what's that big picture, because if you don't know that direction you're walking in, it's so easy to let life lock, you know, bowl you over and put you in different directions. So I love you bringing up the strategic planning process. Can we unpack that a little bit more, especially for the creative economy, right? What does it mean for maybe an artist, a musician to do strategic planning, even if it's just themselves with a 
piece of paper or whiteboard, right? What's something tangible we can maybe offer them today? <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, the as you mentioned, Joanna, the first thing that I like to do is before even coming up with a strategic plan is that visioning. And so what is the vision for what you're doing? And when I say that, I like to think of the vision compared to, say, a strategic goal or mission, which is what we do or what we're trying to accomplish in our doing. It's the world we're trying to create is the vision. Mm-hmm. What, how will the world be different? How will my life be different? How will the lives of my customers or partners be different as a result of the changes and the accomplishments I'm going to see in the future? So if we think about that and you can put it out there three years, five years, you want it to be distant mm-hmm. so that you really feel free to imagine the best possible outcomes and the way the world will be. And so uh, what I like to do for folks is uh, this is one of the tools that I I do bring out sometimes. And I, again, shift it depending on uh, the kind of business that somebody is running, whether it's a magazine or an online blog or a a TV show somebody's being interviewed for or something. But you can think for yourselves, if in five years, I've gone beyond my wildest dreams of success as whether, yeah, painter, sculptor, any kind of creative, Uh, you know, it can be a graphic designer. It can be anything, a online web developer. What, what, why would somebody from whether it's a blog, a website, a a newspaper uh, or a TV show want to interview me? What could be where I'm leading, I'm changing the world a bit with my creativity, what and what would they be asking me and what would my answers be about what I do and how it's been accomplished and, and why I do it? What, would, what were my motivations for doing this and how was it different than how other people approached it? Because in our, in, deep in our hearts, in that authenticity, what we're doing is pushing that authenticity out and trying to define it. And so going through a little exercise like that and telling yourself, what would the results of that interview be? What would, in writing it down as a journal or something like that, that helps you with that vision. And then you can translate that into the practical of, how can I start to approach that? Don't, this is not for you to worry about. There's no way to get there. It's, it's a direction. This is just a direction. Yeah, and North now Park. you know where your heart is driving you. And you say, okay, what's accomplishable? I kind of made that word up, accomplishable. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm all about, you know, combining some words. And yeah, adding we're creatives after all, right? <laughs> In no, this I, next year. I love and then you write. Then you write those actions. Go ahead. No, yeah, I just think that the concept that I'm hearing you speak about is being curious. And mm-hmm. the idea of manifestation and visualization, I think sometimes gets lost in the practicality, where it's not just, wow, I'd love to be, you know, a millionaire or something, you have to really ground it out. And so I love the exercise, I have millions in my toolkit too of different of these types of things and you're having what's the yes. you know celebrities you're talking to because they know you whatever again depending on the organization the person's goals but I love how you're asking people to really ground that out so let's say they've grounded that out and the next minute or so then what should they try and do with that well and then you say okay what steps do I need to take to 
continue walking in that direction. And anytime doors open that are in that direction, you say, how can I walk through that doorway toward that? What do I need to do? In any time doors open in directions that are are far afield of that direction, you need to sit down and say to yourself, is my vision changing? And if it's not, this may not be an opportunity that I'm going to spend a lot of time on. Mm-hmm. It's not to say you don't uh, once in a while have a day where you do something different for a friend or for your own uh, development. That's fine. But if it becomes a distracting project that really draws you away from that vision, you need to be honest with yourselves about yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I love and- that. That ability to check in more consistently is mm-hmm. really how, because it's those micro shifts, right? And so if you spend three months not paying attention to your goals, you may have gotten further from the path where if you were checking in weekly or even sometimes daily, if it's a really important goal to really stay, you know, attached to the timelines and benchmarks that you're going for. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, oh. you know, uh, uh, speaking to that, the goals, you know, metrics, having these metrics uh, and and being able to see on a dashboard how you're going goal-wise and then vision-wise, having a vision board with yes. some kind of collage or something. I'm sure you have your folks do that so that you see it literally every day and it, it. it's reminding you. Ugh, well, I hate the fact that my show is only 22 minutes. It means we have to wrap up today. I think that was such tangible exercises, but... How can people, if they want to work with you, learn more about your services, how can people find you and get involved in what you do? Yeah, go to tombootsconsulting.com and uh, you know, you know, you'll see my website there, contact info, send me an email, give me a call, anything like that. And, you know, I, I'm involved in this new consulting and coaching business that's expanding and is uh, really thinking about opening up uh, a greater office in the Asheville, North Carolina area yeah. and across the nation. So, yeah, we uh, didn't even get to talk about that. But you know what, Tom, we will bring you back when there's more info there. I really loved how we could focus today on giving yeah. those artists and creatives, those solo entrepreneurs a little tangible. But honestly, I'm thrilled about that. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, but give me a call we'll talk about it awesome well truly tom thank you so much for being here and as always this is art heroes with jph where we believe art can heal connect and galvanize please connect by visiting bizradio.us we'd love to hear any show suggestions or questions you may have and as always stay creative Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.